one. Spags, we are adults who are dealing with the joys of home ownership, but do you know what can't get derailed? Our quest to max BBM3. No, there are 150 entries and Pete and I are both getting dangerously close. So today we're going to do our last BBM3 draft. We're also going to talk about some NFL news. We're going to have a lot of fun here and we're going to do it right after this intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play. Am I already sounding like a robot, Pete? Because I feel like the Wi-Fi is also falling off. I'm doing well this morning, Pete. Yeah, no, your uh, your audio's passable. You're getting a little pixelated, but uh, we got you. I mean, everyone, we're just going to have to battle through the elements today. You're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, it is unfortunately here. We are flooded in my basement. It is a torrential rain on the East Coast, but that doesn't mean that we have time to do anything besides draft best ball teams. Make sure you are following at Peter Roversett, following at Chris Fags, and following at Splash Play Pod. And uh, we are going to hop into Best Ball Mania 3 draft in a second, Pete. But I want to give you the floor here because this is a big week for you. Fantasy Life Show daily on SiriusXM now started on Labor Day, so you feel ready for five days a week of work. Yeah, I'm figuring, I mean, that was just a hectic time. My, my parents are still here, and I just told them I'm literally wall-to-wall -wall until like 5.45. I have meetings and shows and, and things to do. So, you know, we're, we're battling the elements. Everything's pushed up because I'm going to Vegas tomorrow afternoon for those FFPC drafts, which, you know, in the middle of the summer, before I knew I was going to be buying a house, I thought, oh, this sounds like a nice little break before the season. And now I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, it is unfortunately a, a tough time to be going to Vegas with the NFL right in front of us. Actually, maybe the best time to go to Vegas, Pete. Are you going to be laying any futures bets for yourselves? I guess you have the you have legal betting in your state now, so you don't really need to get that fixed. Uh, yeah, no, we don't. It's not it's not legalized yet, or at least if it is, I haven't found a, a sports book uh, who's up and operational uh, right now. Okay, uh, we both. All right, so we did it. <laughs> We did it. We we had to shotgun start on you guys because Spags and I both wanted to get into the same draft. We normally obviously draft together, ping-ponging on each other's accounts. Spags, is this your final bullet, 150? Yeah, it is. I got to 149 last night. I was worried it would fill overnight, but I did fill this one. Did not fill DK, though, Pete. I got to 148 on DK, but I have now completed safely over 500 entries for best ball season. Yeah, sorry, guys. I mean, we're, we're entering the home stretch. Willis says, rug, I knew it. Uh, I mean, look, I have, this is my, will be my third to last. I'll have two more to do today. I, I, I such a tightrope act, Chris, because ideally like I'll do one tonight. Maybe I'll do one at the airport tomorrow. But if I swear to God, if this contest fills when I'm at 149, my OCD, you know, your OCD with wanting to get an hour for a show, I, I will tilt in perpetuity if I don't max this. Well, you know, the 150th entry would be the one that wins the millions of dollars. I think that's the way that goes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you are on the clock at 102. Two influencer slots here. And I am, in fact, going to do what I always do, and that's take Justin Jefferson if I can. So this is, I might, last night I finally got an Eckler share at 1.7. I've been saying how I want to kind of boost that up. And I am going to, I have 13% cup, 13% chase. I do feel a little underexposed to Eckler who I like. So I am going to go ahead and do a no-no passing on Cooper cup and Jamar chase because Chris, I am an exposure bro deep, uh, deep down. 
I have to say, I ended up making some bigger stands on the Friday solo stream. If you guys missed that one, of course, it was Labor Day weekend, so I get it. I went through my 0%, guys, and on DraftKings, Pete, I had 0% Nick Chubb, 0% DeAndre Swift. A lot of guys that it felt like a little naked have 0% of, but I've only dug my heels in more. Like, I'm now reaching for the guys I want, the AJ Browns, the Kyle Pitts. I will not get let any of these guys get away from me because you only have so many bullets to spare. The thing it was, I did a, I did my best ball breakfast last night with Leone and we came at the back of the second round and I'm just always taking AJ Brown or Pitts there when I'm drafting by myself. And uh, he talked to me into taking Camara who had slid a few picks past ADP. And I was like, all right, I, I'm going to get a different texture than I normally do because I, boy, am I, I'm the same as you. I am playing the hits right now. Give me the AJ Brown. Give me the Kyle Pitts. Give me the Jerry Judy. Give me the Drake London. I'm just like, just let's just, let's only fun drafts to close it out. That's been my motto. It's funny though that Leone's now gotten the rep at ETR of being the zero RB guy, and he's advocating for you to draft Kamara. Probably the least advantageous he's ever been in terms of ADP. Well, the funny thing about Leone's is a true uh, bona fide sharp, and so he is good at figuring out what's optimal in given situations. But uh, whenever he does identify something, then it just becomes a massive bit. And we assume that it's his entire ethos. Like we drafted a ton of rookies last night, but then we did tack on Jamison Crowder in the 17th. And then everyone was like, Leone loves the old. So he can't win, which is kind of how it should be. Have you noticed that the rooms have gotten less sharp in the last few days? Because I actually was using the Spike Week tool, sorting some of my ADP, you know, the best ADP lineups the guys have gained the most, or lineups rather, that have gained the most ADP or uh, percentage-wise as well. They have a way to sort that on Spike Week. And um, I actually did have a couple drafts within the last week that were surprisingly you know, positive in terms of getting guys at discounts, getting all that. And I have to say, I might be wrong about my take that drafting the winning team would have happened in June or July, because there really are a couple of September ones that I feel like are starting to bubble up or look like they could. Well, I was thinking about this yesterday too, and I do think, you know, the whole thesis of, you know, getting to draft the super teams early, I think that's still true. Guys like Damian Pierce and, and huge risers, George Pickens, like there's teams that have both of those guys at really cheap prices, but we didn't get the kind of contest defining injury that propelled a guy from the 15th round into the top three or four rounds. And so I do think generally speaking, drafting later, like say you do think barbelling is ideal like and you do 75 early, 75 late, I think knowing that we didn't have any big injuries or landscape shifters, that you would maybe want to tilt your barbell more toward the beginning of the season. Like ideally, maybe you do 100 in the final two weeks and 50 in like May and early June. I That's just my hunch on what is optimal in retrospect. Yeah, I think the most um, optimal in terms of the ADP discount I got uh, lineups, and I'm actually going to look at it real fast. I think the earliest one I did, actually, the first draft I did in Best Ball Mania 3 was my best in terms of ADP value, which, and that was a team that really wasn't like nobody who's crazy there. But I think it's just the inherent process where if you're drafting early, you're just getting, you know, five to 10 guys at a discount instead of two to five. The other funny thing when you go out of your way now to get guys you don't have a lot of, Austin Eckler is do you say, all right, because I don't have a lot of Aston Eckler and I was drafting a ton of Debo Samuel early, do because he was one of my early stands and I haven't been drafting him a lot lately, do I now want to make sure I have some Austin Eckler, Debo Samuel teams, which I think is kind of how I'm leaning with some of this stuff as opposed to just playing all the hits right now. I do want to make sure I have some of those, those combos that I might have missed early. Yeah, I, I did reach for, I think, uh, an Adams-Tyreek Hill one just because I felt like that was a combination I never got. And I think, you know, that's sort of the fun you can have when you are maxing these tournaments out, that you start to see the lay of the land a little better, start to see the guys that uh, reoccur in different configurations that, you know, you can then start to pivot around. But I, this is lining up well for me, Pete, to play, to really play the hits here, because 
I feel like I see two guys on the board that I would love to pair with Justin Jefferson who are young and similarly high upside guys. Do they rhyme with Shmeje Crown and Lyle Tits? <laughs> <laughs> Lyle Tits is a guy that it's hard to ignore no matter what point in draft season. But yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Lyle. T actually, well, let's see. Purple Rain has one running back. We I'm gonna take Lyle Tits here. I feel like at 23, I've taken him at the 17 spot. It's hard to ignore Lyle Tits at this point in the draft. Yeah, I I just imagined his headshot uh, is uh, I don't know like Dove Charney, the uh, American Apparel guy. <laughs> like I'm just picturing a really skeezy dude. <laughs> Just taken somewhere in a basement, a non-flooded basement, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So maybe that's what I'll do here because Higgins and Debo, two of my biggest early stands at wide receiver along with A.J. Brown, and I doubt I have that combo with, with Eckler. Uh, so that, that I think is the direction I'm going to go. Playing Modified playing the hits is what we call this strategy. Yeah, for me, it's like, okay, I know I have Jefferson, Brown, and Pitts in different configurations. So now I'm going to change it up, Pete, during the last 15 rounds of the draft. I'll get it fractionally different from all the other hundreds of iterations of this exact same start that I have. Now I want to have hundreds of iterations on Kyle Pitts' name. Lyle Schitt sounds like he's like a really cool plumber. He's like, Lyle Schitt will take care of all of your plumbing needs. <laughs> That's like a plumber that would have been in Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, also, I, I finished the rehearsal. I know you've talked about the show before, and I have nowhere else to discuss the rehearsal. It's not worth a tweet at this point. What a fucking weird show. Like, I love Nathan Fielder, but the ending of that season, I don't want to spoil it, but it really takes a turn, Pete, that as somebody who loved Nathan for you, I did not expect to get that type of content from Nathan Fielder on HBO. I'm four or five episodes in. How many episodes are in this season? Six, I think. Six or seven. Six or seven. So, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm one or two behind. Um, okay. my disappointment with it is the premise of the show is so incredible. That first episode with the trivia guy, I just love that premise, building out worlds, the sets, recreating it. Like I was sold. And then it was like, he got bored with his own really cool premise right away and went down that meta <laughs> rabbit hole. And I was like, I get it. I love meta stuff too, but it just, I felt disappointed because I was like, you could just run this back with different people building different sets and the show would just smash kind of in the way Nathan for you was constructed where he went from business to business as the show progressed, he started to build out more narrative through lines with recurring characters that he got more entangled with. But I felt like he just fast tracked it in a way that left me unsatisfied. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you think that now, wait till you get to the last couple episodes, cause he gets meta on top of meta on top of meta. And it's basically like a Charlie Kaufman you know, movie as a TV show as how it ends up. But it's a unique piece of art, you know, and as, if you watch this show, you know that in terms of best ball streams, I feel like Splash Play has been a unique piece of art for itself. So we certainly respect that. Uh, but what I would say, not, not a, we're no Nathan Fielders here, Pete. Maybe you are more than me. I'm trying to think of what would be the like hyper meta version of drafting uh, best ball teams. I don't know. I'm I'm being the guest on the randomizer tonight. That's probably the closest I get to Nathan Fielder levels of meta indulgence. It's is it uh, Zakarian hosting tonight for the randomizer finale where the tables yeah. get flipped onto you? Exactly. Yeah. You and I did forgot to send you your check for writing those log lines for the promotional materials. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, the randomizer has now finally come for Pete himself. Will you enjoy Pete spinning the wheel tonight on randomizer? Find out live at seven. What? Seven? This Eight. is this is why this is why he's so versatile here. 8 p.m. Uh, Tyler okay. says, Spags, you are echoing. We know, guys, we're, we're all battling the elements. I'm still getting my new office set up. Spags has been displaced by flooding. So you just you're getting the show that you're getting and you're going to like it. 
and it is what it is. It's our last BBM3 draft. The show must go on. Yeah, and this week, too, got an uh, update on the show schedule. So tomorrow, my goal was to do an optimizer show with our pal Rinpak, who's been in the chats before, has done some exposure things, and is one of the top DFS players in the world. So the goal is to do that on the Splash Play channel tomorrow at 2.30, basically an optimizer crash course, Pete, which I couldn't get away with with you because you are team hand builder forever, of course. But I feel like the goal of the show, now that Pete's going to have to be doing some more time with Fantasy Life, we're going to be doing one show a week moving forward. But I'm going to try, Pete, to find his little bits of an edge, and really, like I've done with you, picking your brain for best ball, like having Rinpak on to do an optimizer show, like I got to push through it no matter what the flooding situation is. Cause I need to know how to use fantasy cruncher better to not lose money this year. Yeah, no, that sounds like a good show. And again, just to reiterate, this is the final splash play on my channel. So going forward, mm -hmm. all of the shows will be on the splash play channel. We have that link down below. Don't come asking me where's splash play, yada, yada. Splash play is continuing on. It just will not be on these airwaves. It will be on the splash play YouTube channel. Swoosh brought up uh, a great idea. So mimicking the rehearsal would involve simulating your next draft exactly how it actually comes out. So what we would do, Chris, is hire actors to fill an entire 12-person draft. We would have a Spags actor and a Pete actor drafting this exact same team and reading off the script that we just did. I would actually watch that. It would, so they'd have to be doing like a mock draft room where they're trying to do our draft. They're making Kyle Pitts jokes. They're talking, landing on Lyle shits. All the, all the fun we would have here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Marquise Brown is one of those guys, again, who I drafted a lot, I would say, in like the mid to late draft window and then just kind of got bored of. I was like, oh, I'll just start drafting a lot more Jerry Judy and Juju instead. And so uh, let's go back to drafting Marquise Brown at 4-9. I would not have minded if you let Marquise Brown go so I could pair him with my Kyle Pitts for the Week 17 correlation, Pete, which I've not forgotten about and not, and not given up on at any stretch, by the way, during my draft season. Um, I'm not giving up on it either. It is just not, um, my, my number one, uh, priority at this, at this junction of the draft. So I hate Chris, Chris, Chris Pine is Pete. I'll take it. I'll take it. Ryan Gosling's not available. I take it. Ugh. Did you see that clip of Chris Pine hating Harry Styles for talking about how the movie that they're making is in fact like a movie? I kept seeing the screenshot memes of his face, just like dead, dead serious. I didn't see the original clip. Yeah, it's just Harry Styles going like, well, the movie we made is really, uh, it's quite a movie, in fact. The way that it presents itself is a lot like a movie. And Chris Pine is just there like, oh. <laughs> but, you know, Harry Styles puts the butts in the seats. We all know that. We sure do. Uh, yes, right. Keep, beware of the spit zone, as Matt points out. All right, here we go. Got, got my so stack of my AJ Hertz Brown. At what the, what is this? Good, okay. I mean, Jalen Hurts, man. Talk about, you almost just drafted Jalen Hurts in the fourth round. Jalen Hurts over Lamar Jackson is a bridge too far, Spags. It's a bridge too far. We all know that Baltimore has not paid Lamar Jackson because they're waiting to let Tyler Huntley seize the job in the year. That's the thesis of this lineup I'm drafting today. So normally I am kind of just auto smashing a tight end in this range, but I also feel like Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson are very good values here. I'm going to go ahead and take Juju here as well. I guess I could have done like the Lamar uh, Rashad Bateman if I wanted to, but it is what it is. I like Juju. Juju has fallen so much. And I was actually going through again. I really would advocate for the spike week tool. If you're like me and you're just wanting to look through all your entries, get nostalgic about teams you drafted in May and July. There was a point where Juju was going in the seventies. Like I, and I know that's not going to matter at this point, but like, boy, I'm glad I got those shares. I did because now like he's so variable where we'll go where you took him. He'll sometimes go in the thirties. Like 
he and Gabe Davis, I feel like, are two guys where it's completely dependent if you're getting a value on Juju or you have to reach for the stars to get him. Yeah. Yeah, he he's a weird one there. I mean, a lot. Uh, I know Leone has tabbed him as this year's Cooper Cup. JJ uh, Zacharyson has tabbed him as this year's Cooper Cup. And it does fit. Like, you know, if we are trying to identify it, it is probably either Juju or one of the Denver wide receivers getting the, the quarterback upgrade. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely want exposure to Juju. I was talking about it on the Sirius uh, show yesterday where I do think it's a pretty clear delineation with the four Chiefs wide receivers where it's like, I want Juju. I want them all in best ball, but in manage, I definitely want Juju or Sky Moore because those are the two guys I think have the chance to have a massive target share at various points in the season where obviously, quote unquote, better in best ball. I think MBS and Michael Hardman will have their share of spike weeks. But I, I think the Juju price tag in the early fifth is is completely palatable. And unlike say a guy like Allen Robinson, who I think it's pretty hard for him to be like a second round pick next year. I do really think Juju Smith-Schuster could be up there in the late second round, depending on how things go. Yeah, Juju's a weird guy because he was clearly like crippled by that Pittsburgh offense and then making him run like he's Jameson Crowder and throwing five yard, five yard A dot kind of throws him over and over again. So he could be a completely different player this year and it wouldn't shock me. I just feel like to the discount, like when Sky and MBS are going in that same range, like, it's hard to not take that discount, but Juju could easily be that guy. I do think Sutton is more a Cooper Cup, though. Like, if I had to make my choice, I think Sutton's the guy that should be, like, a first-round value this year. Would be my, would be my, my hot take here down the home stretch. I was going to say that I balanced out my MBS with Sky Moore down the stretch, and, and when I said that off the cup, I literally balanced it out at 13.8% wow. uh, Sky and, uh, and MBS. I was very heavy on Sky early, and uh, I was behind on MBS. A lot of people I respect very high on him. So I wanted to make sure I uh, had equal pieces of, of playing that offense in that same ADP range. Uh, I guess Nicole Hardman didn't quite get the same uh, luxury treatment from you for from old B counter exposure, Pete. 5.5. Yeah. looks like I'm underweight the, uh, the basket of exposures here. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I can live with that. The Hartman stuff is tough, right? Because he was playing in a lot of three wide receiver sets in the preseason ahead of sky Moore, but it's like, you know, MBS is better than Michael Hardman as a deep threat and Sky Moore is going to be better as a player once he kind of progresses. So I just don't really know where Sky Moore or uh, Hardman fits in in this offense without an injury um, or without Sky Moore just being a complete bust. Yeah, which I know is a reality you're not willing to face given the, even LaVisca, I guess, you don't give up on your guys. So maybe he could be a bust this year, but be back right in your good graces next year. Yeah, uh, you know, we, the, the ship chasing curse it has been so dominant, you know, with Visca clip, Rojo clip that it either, either it is truly uh, a universal curse or Sky Moore is the one who breaks the trend. Something has to give. I look, I think if anybody could do it, it's Sky Moore. And guys, make sure you hit the like button here. Of course, this is going to be the last splash play, as Pete mentioned on Peach Channel. So hit the like button, smash as hard as you possibly can right now. And of course, subscribe to Peach Channel to see all the content he's going to be putting out all season long. Uh, you have any exciting announcements on that front here? I Ooh. feel like you, at this point in your life, you need to put out a whole schedule. Why take oh, Jalen Hurts at pick 50 when you could get Kyler at 69 to stack up with Marquise Brown? This is a masterclass right here, Spags. It is a good team you're building. I'll give you that. I, I will give you that, unfortunately. Mm, right. is, I, I was debating between David Montgomery and Kyler, so that was kind of a hard decision. I guess for me on the way out, you're, you're playing all the ADP values, getting some nice sacks. I'm playing the Atlanta Falcons hits with Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and 
possibly a late round Marcus Mariota. Uh, exactly. Yeah, no, you're doing the live a little strategy. Yeah, which again, like I said, I'm, I'm very pro uh, fun drafts only for your final bullet here. Yeah, for 150, I mean, this has been a grind. Somebody actually was like uh, congratulating me on getting all the entries I did in in Best Ball Mania. It was uh, tweeting me last night. And it's like, it's not a victory lap as much as it is like a relief to be finally through like the muck and the mire of like, this is a lot of time. I don't know how you do this every year. Like, I feel like this is taking not years off my life, but certainly a lot of mental bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I do genuinely enjoy it. I mean, how can I complain about getting to draft a bunch of best ball uh, teams? I think when the dust settles, it'll end up being 104, 105 teams drafted on stream this summer. And uh, I had the time of my life. It's something unpredictable. But in the end, it's right. And Spags, I also hope that you had the time of your life. I've enjoyed it. The stressful part is when these things are close to filling. Like I had gotten to 148 on DraftKings, I think yesterday, and was like, oh, I could take a little time here. There's a window. And then it was just like closed within an hour. And I think that's the stressful part. Like if I were chasing puppy drafts right now, I feel like I would be uh, deeply anxious about that. Uh, but just getting them all in and wanting them to be good and wanting each bullet to matter. Like that's where I think you're, the sacrifice you make for your 100 plus stream drafts, where we've seen people take wide receivers, make it difficult on you. Like that is not plus EV. And I think people should <laughs> reward your commitment a little bit more with that one. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, the, my whole thing is I like variety, right? So I wanted to have a balance of, I, I genuinely enjoy having some true badge brigade. Just let's take off the gloves, beat the shit out of each other, taking wide receivers. Like that's fun. And then sometimes I want to be in quote unquote normal rooms and talk through spots that most people are going to experience in their draft. But I love the whole continuum of it all and uh and really whatever yes maybe you're sacrificing a little bit of ev but it's so minuscule uh that other than you know indulging in a few shotgun starts on the chat and rugging them uh it's not something i worry about in spags wouldn't you say the equity lost is completely offset by the equity gain if you bink an on-stream draft in a major way i mean it, it, it's a total wash in that regard no, I mean, look, there's a reason why I think I, I talked a lot about Pete and Bimefor's redraft they did or, you know, revisiting the draft again after a year after they finished so highly last year. And I think that's a lot of fun to watch. So it's definitely different strokes where I think people enjoyed the chaos at that beginning point of the draft season, Pete, where we were doing three drafts at a time, doing bit drafts. And then we settled into actually doing serious drafts. And I, I feel like a mix of the two would be nice more. And we, we didn't get the 24-hour stream, Pete, which I don't know if you saw, but uh, one of our good friends did hit a 24-hour one and fucking crushed it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, is it? Uh, is it? Uh, was it a flock sticking together? It was, and it, yeah. And his only his only guest that I saw while skimming through briefly, uh, uh, scrubbing through the YouTube timeline to see if he had on, I because he had Nick Urcolano on, and I was like, oh, does he have a bunch of guests? And it was like, no, just Urcolano popped in for a minute, and that was. <laughs> That was it. You know what? If we wonder where we stand with Mason, um, we said we would be happy to collaborate. Uh, and then you do a 24-hour stream where I assume you're desperate for programming, just desperate for anyone else to come on and just suck out some air so you don't have to. And I don't know about you. Maybe I should refresh my DMs, but I, I don't think I got an invite <laughs> to join that stream. No, it's unfortunate because, you know, I was ready. I was ready to hop in at 2 a.m. Whatever, whatever Mason and the flock needed, I was there for. But unfortunately, uh, we didn't make the cut. But kudos to him, though, man. Like, you know, for whatever we want to make fun of with the drafting strategy, it serves a pure volume on stream. He has to have drafted more teams on stream than anybody in the industry. He, he probably, I, I mean, he, what was he, I, I, I wasn't keeping close tabs on him, but he probably, 
did he he really picked up his volume late i wonder if over the course of the summer if i was doing way more early than him but I, i'm guessing mason cucked me hard in in live because he, drafts yeah he had maxed bbm by like early august so i think he was using it for content play throughout you know um, we'll see how the profitability works out and i i'm hopeful like you know we, what we should do pete is we should compare our ev at the end of the year <laughs> with mason and we can see how we did and then that'll be the, the true test of merit amongst us, though. Hey, he's too afraid, Pete. He wouldn't do that. He won't come to this flooded basement of ours <laughs> and have a good time. <laughs> White Lancer says, 24-hour streaming mostly by yourself sounds brutal. I mean, Spags literally wanted to do this. Yeah, for fun. <laughs> it's for fun um, and for the vague hints of clout. Maybe maybe the bit um, – actually, there's no way I'm going to be able to pull this off with a child, and I'm definitely not streaming on weekends. But I was thinking, like, what if what if the bit – and maybe I've said this on the show before, but you streamed every single one of your BBM3 drafts, so 150 live streams over the course of the summer. I think, Pete, that's an idea we can think about next year when best ball gets <laughs> even more popular and, and fucking ESPN's doing best ball drafts on the regular. <laughs> Would you have taken Dallas Goddard with a Hertz super stack if I let him slide to you? I was thinking about it. It feels like high draft capital to go with Pitts, but I would have been open to it. I just felt like there wasn't a decent possibility of him making it back to me. So it wasn't a question. I never take Devonta Smith, though. So that's where I'm getting different with the texture of this particular draft. And also a lot of running backs. Like three running backs already for me, Pete. Yeah, I mean, what a what a slappy uh, you are here. <laughs> um, let's play some hits. Uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Traylon. Oh, okay. I like that. Still a nice value. There was a point, Pete, where I was drafting Traylon in the 80s, and I feel like a real fool for not waiting for the value discount. Don't worry. I was doing the same thing with uh, Garrett Wilson was my big slider. I was just like hammering Ooh. him in the mid-90s, and then I'm like, oh, he's available at 120 in every draft now. Jeez. It's, he's still worth it every time out. I do wonder, though, if I should have taken more like 18th round Malik Willis just because I'm making the bet against Derrick Henry already. Don't have a single share of him. And if Derrick Henry doesn't get there, that means the Titans are probably bad. And that means there's a chance they pulled the plug on Tannehill by the end of the year. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've said I've been mixing in some pick-ins. I talked about this exact spot with Leone right now where I still can't stomach taking pick-ins over Burks unless, say, maybe I have a Deontay Johnson and I'm trying to set up kind of a, a premium double stack there with the Steelers. But I just think at, at these prices now, there's just such a better shot that Burks really smashes his ADP than, than Pickens does at these new elevated prices. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, we saw a taste of Burks here in the preseason, which I think made it his ADP stabilize a little after he was so bad uh, through most of the preseason. But to me, he's still one of the best rookies to have at wide receiver. And um, and a guy, too, who, like, if the Titans are bad, if the Titans are good, either way could end with Traylon Burks being, you know, maybe a rookie of the year contender, depending on how things work out. Yeah, and then, so what did you do? So, yeah, you're up to four. Talk. We didn't really talk about this A.J. Dillon pick. This seemed a little uncharacteristic. A.J. Dillon at 47. Talk me through that. So I do like AJ Dillon. I have enough cheap AJ Dillon that at this point to average out the cost, it wouldn't be that crazy, but it was really more for the bring back of Justin Jefferson and Dillon. Um, people were pointing out too, like Dillon's gotten steamed up a lot. There was a couple drafts where I've got him at the 75, 80 range for Dillon back when he was more reasonably priced. Uh, but now like, I think he's in a good spot, Pete, where, you know, he's going to have some share of that offense to Aaron Jones. Um, and also like, if I want Justin Jefferson, like I want that week 17 correlation, and who else are you going to take? Like, do I want to take an overpriced Dubs? Do I want to take an overpriced Lazard? Or take Dylan in the hopes that, you know, maybe Jones goes down or Dylan rises up somehow. Um, so to me, he's a good anchor back, but also makes sense with Jefferson the most. 
maybe the answer is an extremely undervalued Christian Watson. I, I you know, maybe I'll get him too, Pete. The, you know, the world's my oyster right now, given that I've not <laughs> filled up on wide receivers like I usually do. There you go. Um, it does seem like, uh, I know this isn't uh, an avalanche room per se, or it wasn't through the start. I mean, I got Elijah Moore after ADP, but now we look at the top of the queue and the wide receivers did uh, quickly evaporate there. Yeah, I look, it's, it's been a tough wide receiver room. Like I, I have a couple guys that I like, but this is for me, like with Jefferson Brown, Drake London and Devonta Smith, this is probably one of the weakest foursomes quartets. We could say of wide receivers I've drafted and that's not a comfortable place for me to be. Well, it's time to watch you recover here, Spags. Um, we're gonna we're gonna see what magic you can do. I hope so. I, I think there's one guy I see on the board right now I would like to get, but he's not gonna be available by the time this this comes back to me. I think so. Um, yeah, tough room, tough room here for the end one. Uh, how do you feel about your over, your overall exposures now that you've done all your drafts for the most part? Like, is there anything that stands out to you that you maybe regret? I think we mentioned it. I mean, my two kind of ones that stare out uh, or jump out as being like sore thumbs on, on my portfolio would be the Ronald Jones and Isaiah Spiller. Those are really the mm. only ones I glance at and I'm like, yeah, I wish I could dock off, you know, seven, eight percentage points of, of exposure. Um, let me see what I ended up with at Ronald Jones, 13.8% uh, at, at much more expensive prices than that. And then Spiller, uh, 13.8%. So yeah, uh, those I wish would be more like the 5% range, uh, ideally, but again, you take some shots early, right? Um, making bets on that. And there's, there's worlds where Isaiah Spiller is, you know, the Damian Pierce riser. Like there are, you know, outcomes like that, where that pans out, it doesn't hit there and, uh, you live and you learn. Do you think Rojo would have been more valuable if he'd gotten cut and landed like Kenyon Drake did or Sony Michelle did, or are we like happy with Rojo still being on the chiefs? Um, I feel like you can spin it in both directions. I still think probably the fact that he stayed on the chiefs, um, he's still probably, it sounds like he might not be active. You, you probably need an injury. Um, if there's an injury, he's probably getting some touches. So I don't know how different that is. I assume anywhere he'd sign, he'd be at best like a third back. So I guess I'd rather have him on, you know, second, third best offense in, in fantasy than a mystery box new spot. I mean, you could hand select a couple that would have been interesting. I feel, I feel like the, um, the saints would have been a really logical fit there. Um, oh yeah. Like an imp you know improved Mark Ingram. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I am, you know, I thought I was going to chill on wide receivers but i do you should take a running you. back here no take a running back i gotta, back. Get, my you gotta. <laughs> I gotta get my double stack <laughs> i needed Suck to bring back for my atlanta falcons you got me again well you can snipe me on trey mcbride later knock yourself out <laughs> uh i guess this is a no i need a receiver you know palmer's still got upside he's now like he was started as one of my highest exposed players but he's like going to be running with the starters. He's going to be the number three guys on the field a lot. So I'll take Palmer here. But boy, it was a lot nicer to get a lot of Palmer at the one, 170 range back in July. Yeah, exactly. Um, what are you going to do here? Uh, I think, I mean, Kirk Cousins I can't take because then I'm going to be in a bye week situation, I think, with bye week seven. you got to take Garrett um, Wilson. Come on. Don't Garrett be a Wilson slappy. Here. Or Dotson. Mm. You need wide receivers so bad. I'm not going to tell you how to live your oh. life, but. 
I am going to take Dotson here because I do have Kareem Hunt. Let's hope he stays on the Browns. I got another week 17 correlation and a young player, another youthful wide receiver room for me today, Pete. There you go. We are seeing some quarterbacks slip a little bit here. I think if I had a, an easy stack, I would pull the trigger there, but it's time to get our second running back here in the 11th round. Yeah, maybe I should have taken Aaron Rodgers, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, NF42, hey, where can you download the app to show the exposure rate? So if you're just looking to see your exposure displayed, you can do that in your underdog account. But this uh, overlay is the Brick Draft Caddy. Um the, the nice thing about this, obviously, best ball drafting season long is coming to an end, but underdogs can have those battle royales. I've already seen uh, some guys talking about that in the Discord, Drico and, and Jay Fresh, and I think it's going to be really fun, and the Brick Draft Caddy is going to come in really handy for that. I'm already super excited to layer in like ceiling projections for like the weekly DFS ceiling projections. And then obviously you'll have your, your correlation with that highlighting as well. So to answer your question, uh, it's the Brick draft caddy i believe i have the link in the show notes if not you can go to my video last night i have the link in in most show notes there but feel free to hit us up on twitter and the discord if you have questions on using it and it's also going to have uh some DraftKings dfs tools as well so when you're hand building your lineups and uh i'll let brick talk more about that once he's ready yeah, nice prize pool for the Battle Royale for week one. So if you are playing underdog for the first time, for some reason you didn't do best ball drafts, but you want to get a taste of it, I use the promo code SPLASH to double your deposit up to $100. Looks like 45000 entrance, uh, $20,000 or $200, excuse me, guaranteed prize pool. 40 k to first. So like they actually are coming with a nice DFS size kind of tournament prize. So it actually probably is worth throwing some bullets into the Battle Royale, which I don't know if that was the case last year, Pete, because I definitely didn't dabble in that at all. Yeah, I they're they're really fun. My only thing is I wish they were more rounds. I've said that before. I think it would get a little bit more interesting strategically. I mean, it, it's with anything, right? Like if you play in an eight-man home league, like everyone has super teams. It's harder to make a mistake when less people are drafted. So the more rounds you introduce, the more structural missteps, the more player selection missteps can happen. And you can kind of flex you know, a little deeper knowledge. So that's my only thing. But I do think strategically, they're still a ton of fun. And I look forward to uh, to playing those. Yeah, so check them out. Again, it's a battle royale here, 40K. Uh, the first place on that one. And also, I got to get the plug in here. If you guys want to help balance out my awful morning, please go to probablyapp.com, P-R-O-B-L-Y app.com. Join the wait list on there. Going to hopefully get some uh, the first email out this week, but we'll see how the data flow is going. But that is going to be the new project I'm working on. Uh, expected value betting tools in real time, live updates, all that stuff. That's going to be really cool for the cheapest prices in the industry. So I've been working hard on that in the background. So please show a little love there and help me afford Pete a new basement because now we have to take on businesses to help afford <laughs> not drowning like Noah's Ark. Yeah, it is. Uh, for those of you guys not on the East Coast, we are getting absolutely pummeled uh, out here this week with with no end in sight. I believe at least around here, it's supposed to rain all day tomorrow all, or uh, all day today and all day tomorrow. Yeah, we're hopefully getting somebody out this afternoon to do some patchwork, but uh, they can't really do the work, Pete, until the rain stops. So I hope I hope you're wrong about your weather estimate <laughs> today because I cannot well, deal Philly, with any more. What's your? Uh, let me look up. Uh, Philadelphia. What's your zip code, Spags? <laughs> I don't know. One, a 90210, Pete. <laughs> um, Philadelphia. Yeah, you guys are getting you guys are getting slammed for the next two days. I hate to tell you. Oh, great. Well, 
Okay, oh, pray for my basement, guys, because otherwise I won't be able to do that quality stream tomorrow with Rinpack and have to deal. I have to get better audio going for that because I can't have Rinpack on the show. It's a literal top DFS player, Pete. You do a show with Brick and you make sure to not embarrass yourself. I can't do my first show with Ryan in a while and completely fail miserably. Have you considered with the league hiring a little Dutch girl to kind of plug it up with her finger? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it a Dutch boy? I don't know. <laughs> I guess it, you know it's twenty twenty. I, thought it, the, keep an open I thought it was the girl who put the finger in the dike. Uh, I'm just gonna bonk us for old time's sake. I take great offense to Pious Devil's chat here. I am the least Philadelphia person. In fact, this has only compounded my hate for the area. So my hate boner is stronger than ever for the Philadelphia area. Um, running backs are now getting wiped off the board. I'm going to go live a little, a little reach here on, uh, Raheem Mostert. Ooh, okay. Mostert's come up a lot too. And he was one of those picks I was like ashamed of for a while because it seemed like Sony Michelle signing all the other stuff. Chase Edmonds being good, but people are now back on the Mostert train. And I still feel like Edmonds is probably the better move, even discounting for ADP. Yeah, he was he was another classic one. I was hammering him early and then kind of got bored with him. And then it's kind of like the KJ Hamler thing with Tim Patrick, where then now at his new price tag, now that we have new information with Sony Michelle getting released. And I remember talking with Pat on ship chasing early on, and he thought there was a really good chance Sony Michelle would have the goal line role in that offense. And then you throw in Chase Edmonds, and then it's like, well, what does Raheem Mostert even do here? Then you eliminate Sony Michelle, and I think Gaskin is still buried on the depth chart. All of a sudden, Mostert starts to look pretty damn attractive uh, in that offense. So I'm, I've been fine grabbing him around pick 150, although in this room I did have to uh, jump up and get him at 140. Yeah, I think my Mostert bags are packed. I'm actually going to look at my exposure now, but I did take Kirk Cousins here, even though, Pete, I'm now going to have to take a third quarterback because both my QBs have that week seven bye week, but I felt like getting the full Minnesota stack was too valuable at this point with me being a little thinner receiver. Yeah, let me let me see what you did here. There's some some good quarterback values in this draft. It's third cousins 30 picks behind ADP when I have Jefferson. Like yeah. I just don't see how I could pass that up again. Yeah, I, I think that was a, a smash pick for you there at 143 with the Jefferson um early pick. So uh that that worked out very well for you. Yeah, I think my interesting wide receiver group for me right now, but uh, you know, I feel like taking AJ Dillon early gave me enough confidence that I don't need to go crazy at running back because I've been trying really hard, Pete, to get to those seven running back builds when doing zero RBs. And uh, I feel like seven running backs, I got a lot of sixes. I don't know that I got seven enough. And if I like lose money this year, I think it's going to be because I got too many six running back builds instead of sevens. And that's the kind of micro thing that's frustrating <laughs> at this point after having drafted for four months. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, and did you see I did uh I showed you how to do week 17 correlation with patience there, Spags, on the uh the Tyler Algier 148 with my my Cardinals double stack. I'm just glad you got Tyler Algier. I feel like you haven't been as heavy on him. I don't know what your exposures are, but it's good to see you get into the team. Uh no, I think I'm at like 14% now. 12.4 okay. before that yeah. pick. Okay, 13-ish. Yeah. We'll take it. Also, uh, NF42 in the chat saying you guys see someone place the 1.5K bets when 750K that Will Fuller will lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns. I think that's probably minus EVP. I don't know if you have a thought. I did see that one too. Um, it, I'm sure it's minus EV, but that's a fucking fun-ass bet. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, no one can say that that's not a fun bet. 
it's fun, but it's like he now then has to get in before like what week four to even have a shot to win that one. So you're rooting for NFL news plus him landing in the right spot plus him being good. That's a lot of contingencies to ask for, even even for a, that big of a payout. Yeah, H. Dota says Fuller is the same bet as a rookie. Close your eyes until week ten. I, I do think like obviously you'd want guys like if you drafted a bunch of Gronk, if you drafted a bunch of Fuller, or say you were drafting Odell, like obviously you would feel more comforted to know that they're already on a team or good to go. But I don't think that much has changed um, for other than the fact that we were drafting Fuller in the 15th and 16th, and now he's free in every draft. So same with the Rojo stuff. Like ideally you pack your bags after the floor bottoms out, but uh, I don't think a ton a ton has changed even last night leone floated fuller as our luxury pick in the 18th round he had been taken just right before us but i don't think it's the worst start throw if you are needing kind of a little more upside at wide receiver in your builds and i'm going to pull up anthony shatter real fast tyler algiers expect a role with damian williams being the x factor i mean it would be nice if you had a couple carries early on but you're really making the bet if you draft tyler algier that damian williams is 30 years old is not going to get those touches by the time week 17 rolls around so that's what gives me comfort with Tyler Algier, Pete, though. I should, probably should take a little more Damian Williams on the home stretch. I just didn't do it because I it was one of those blind spots that I just couldn't get over. And um, I think Algier, though, like you're definitely playing for week 17 more than you are for week one through even weeks one through eight. Yeah. And I also think, too, I, I'm with I, I like the Damian Williams take. I think he's good. I think he can catch the ball. I think Damian Williams is more. I was never really expecting Tyler Algier to catch a ton of passes. So I think if Damian Williams is working in on pass downs, it probably hurts Cordell Patterson a little bit more. Whereas I do think Algier is just going to be kind of the power back on first and second down. So I don't know if that changes a ton for me, but yeah, any backfield that goes from a, a two man to a, a three man committee is, is definitely dicey. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, you're making a bet on the rookie, the younger talent, but I think that's what you're doing the most in best ball. And, I would say that's the one mistake I feel like a lot of people make the most is just relying. And I made it myself last year, so I, I'm not, you know, absolved of sin with it. But, like, I feel like, Pete, the one thing that casual players come in and, and fuck up the most is, like, oh, this guy's locked into a role. He's locked into volume, and that's what kills you in these drafts. Yeah, for sure. Um, I played the hits with Gerald Everett there. Uh, been drafting him a ton. I think he still remains my, my favorite sleeper tight end. I, I really don't know why Everett isn't going in the like round 12 range with Najoko and Irv Smith. It, it doesn't make, like I do consider that whole tier to be pretty flat, but to me, Everett is like at the top of that tier, like after Fryermuth on this board, I mean, it's Gerald Everett territory for me. And obviously not a lot of them went, but I've been kind of confused on his price all, all off season. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable way to look at it. And I, I took a heroically me and Brian Robinson coming back to the, the field together I do think Ryan Robinson now is discounted enough that I don't need a big ADP slide because like he's active, like he's out on the pup list, which is baffling to me given that he literally was shot twice uh, within the last week and a half. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's, he's probably, he's probably a value um, at this point based on everything the team has told us about how they feel about uh, Antonio Gibson. So uh, I definitely don't mind uh, getting a little discount there knowing I will say, yeah, you're in a zero RB room here. So you're probably going to want to get to seven running backs with a, a Brian Robinson. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with another rookie here. Who's le got less gunshots, but less of a, a role seemingly carved out for himself. But Davis price feels about right for me here. 
you terrify me that you're going to say something problematic every time with this gunshot stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I really think it's like amazing. Like I, the, I've gotten a little, I wouldn't say misty eyed, but definitely felt some emotions when I saw um, him coming back to the practice like facility and all that. So I, I'm rooting for Brian Robinson and not just financially, but I think it'd be nice to have him there. And you took McKinnon again, who was your heavy, heaviest exposed uh, Kansas city back and you're still willing to go there. Yeah. Um, I, I think he is, uh, the best way to play the chiefs backfield right now. So obviously I'm not taking Rojo. Uh, I think CEH, I was hoping he would drop a little bit. He's kind of stayed in that range where we're often taking wide receivers and then Pacheco, he has such a wide range on where he goes in drafts. I feel like he can go as early as like 125, and sometimes he's there at 150. Um, but yeah, I like playing these elite offenses as cheap as possible. And I'm still sold on McKinnon. I mean, he was their bell cow back in the playoffs last year, and we know Rojo's not going to be a factor. I don't think CEH or Pacheco are better at pass catching than him. So if you're getting McKinnon on the field just right out of the gate, and then on top of it, he still has some athleticism and juice. We're not that far removed from McKinnon being like on paper, the most athletic guy in the league. I think, I mean, when you go look at his combine, I mean, it, and I realize he's older now, but I don't want to write him off in the same way. Like Amir Abdullah is a little bit of a mind fuck because we're like, he's going to be the pass catching back for the Raiders. Oh, that's a little boring. Abdullah was an insanely athletic prospect with, with big time explosion. So those guys like Hines, like McKinnon, like Abdullah, where you can get a floor through the pass catching, but they also have some juice um, is pretty exciting to me. I have to ask this question, Pete, even though I think we've talked about it a lot because there's some debate in the chat. NF42 asking, how do you guys feel about trying to build teams with players like Damian Pierce taking him at his ADP? Knowing so many teams will have him at the 190 plus range. I don't know that he was ever quite that cheap, but I still feel like to me, like I don't mind taking him. I just don't think he's worth like the 45 ADP on DraftKings or wherever he's going on underdog right now. Like, I think he's too steamed up because people get excited about the new toy when you're probably, I, I might be wrong, Pete, but like, I think Zamir White's as good of a bet at a lower ADP. And like some of these guys who don't have the role right now, but could be in a better offense, could be in a better situation. So that's why I don't think you should take Pierce, but do you have a, a final take here, given that people are cramming in their last entries? I mean, I obviously think Damian Pierce is too expensive right now. That said, I mean, there is a really good chance that, Damian Pierce is in just a two-man backfield. You know, he's doing a bunch of early down. He'll have room to grow as a rookie. Could definitely grow into being a bell cow. I think Rex Burkhead's going to have a third down role right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. The Zamir White stuff, I mean, I feel very confident Josh Jacobs is going to have a role, and I feel very confident Abdullah is going to have a role. So you are going to be in a three-man committee. He does have contingent value um, if Josh Jacobs gets hurt, and there is the chance that this front, uh, front office in McDaniels think about Josh Jacobs in the same way the commanders apparently think about Antonio Gibson, where they just really don't want to have anything to do with him. And so uh, I think it'll be interesting. I, that's a backfield I'm really curious because it does still feel like Josh Jacobs, even with the organization not being in love with him, could just waltz his way into 10 touchdowns because that offense is going to be good and they're going to be in the red zone. So I do think Zamir White is still a nice cost-adjusted bet, but I do think it might take a little while for that value to be realized. Yeah, I think that's sort of the risk profile where if you have a build where you don't need somebody to be playing in week one, then maybe Damian Pierce makes more sense. But it's just he's so overpriced. And I know I was getting him like my average ADP for him, I think is 135 to 140, somewhere in that range. So like, it's hard for me to justify taking him in the first 50 picks. But um, yeah, like I just, I just don't think the talent necessarily in the situation match up as much with where people are taking him because he's a rookie and people think he's good because he's a rookie. And that's not, I think, the right way to draft. Yeah. 
Um, you got Corey Davis. You want to you want to tout that one a little bit? On the way up? Uh, just set, building out uh, some my little double stack here. I've I've already kind of figured out my end game for how I'm going to play quarterbacks. Um, I've done this a little bit recently, where I take one quarterback early, and instead of grabbing a second one in the window, I grab two really high upside kind of flyer quarterbacks late. Um, and so that's that's what I'm building out here with my Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. All right, we got a couple options for me here. I think, oh no, this is a week. There are too many week 14 buys that are really throwing me for a loop here. Um, Uh-oh, is bye week Twitter coming from you? Well, I don't I don't want to, for my last draft, I don't want to have two tight ends on a week 14 buy. So I'm going to take Brevin Jordan. I was going to take Logan Thomas for another bit of that Washington correlation, but Brevin Jordan, I feel like is the one late round tight end that I feel like could really be a guy that goes substantially higher next year. Just because like there isn't a big sample size on him, and you know Mills has to throw to somebody. A lot of positive reports on Jordan playing in the slot too. So Brevin Jordan, I feel good about with Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Um, let me. I'm going to look at your roster here after I get my second of three quarterbacks to round out this draft. So you did. You have the Hurts and Cousins. You did get Eno there. Nice Dylan Penny Hunt Brian Robinson TDP Eno. That's a nice room. Oh, now it just pinged over to me. Yeah. And you're you like, well, these receivers look great. These receivers are so good. <laughs> uh, I just need to look this way because it keeps getting toggled off. Um, yeah, I like how your team rounded up. I mean, being able to get Cousins and Osborne on those at those prices, I think kind of help offset the uh, the reach for A.J. Dillon. Yeah, I, I was surprised those guys were there that I was just kind of planning the build with one of the Falcons QBs late, but... Uh, having Cousins there, if I think Justin Jefferson's going to have legendary upside, which I do believe, uh, I think it's a pretty nice spot. we got to give a shout out to the chat as well. Guys like H Data, who I feel like I haven't seen in the chat a bunch, saying thanks for doing drafts all summer, guys. Really love the content. Sad this is the last one. Um, I agree with that. And I honestly, Pete, I feel like I got a little nostalgic seeing people setting in their exposures, thanking us for the content. Some guys we don't even like, we have a lot of the regulars in chat. And we appreciate all you guys, but it is nice to see some of the people who've been just kind of like lurking and watching all summer long. And and they maxed out BBM and had a good time with it. And, uh, you know, or maybe watching, trying to snipe the EV from us all, all off season long. Yeah. I, I said some thank yous, uh, last night as well. And I'll definitely reiterate it here. It, it was truly a super fun summer. I can't think of a fudder way to spend hanging out on stream than drafting teams, uh, battling, uh, you guys in the chat for wide receivers. And, you know, we joke about, you know, different drafts and different drafting styles, but it is very, we're fortunate to have such a sharp chat and uh, don't let this go to your head but it is really nice to get pushed you guys push us on the right things and i feel like we've all gotten better and smarter together throughout this offseason and i still think it's a lock that someone from our orbit of best ball twitter and discord is going to take down bbm3 and i sure hope it is a splash play uh subscriber because that would be a lot of fun i sure hope it's a splash play host Pete. <laughs> i think it's preferably for a draft done on splash play uh, and just, and also if underdog could pay that money in advance so you could fix your basement, is that the other stipulation? Oh that, yeah, that, that'd be nice. Oh, well, I'm going to win the Millie maker on DraftKings this week, Pete. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. that's where I'll do. I'll win a DFS one to cover the basement. And then, you know, then the money I get for best ball will be all for improvements for the house. Did you, uh, um, are you going to want, are you going to one fifty back week one? Yes, that is the goal. That is, that is my content goal for the week. So yeah, if you are uh, subscribing to the splash play channel, 
I'm assuming I could figure out the basement situation and get to a better recording scenario. I'm going to try to do streams Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesday, the goal is going to be to do the Optimizer Show with Rinpack. Thursday, the goal will be to have somebody on to do futures bets with me. And then Friday, the goal will be to do ride or die picks with somebody of note. Uh, but Pete, I've booked none of these things besides the Rinpack part. <laughs> so, that's, so you know how it is. Pete's been our guest booker for a while. So I'm going to have to call in some favors for the other parts time to time to flex that uh that networking muscle of yours uh silas does point out a good point talk about your best ball teams now because in three days you can't speak about them for at least three months i did check in with the internal best ball task force at the fbi yesterday they are trying to ramp up their staff they are ready for the deluge of screenshots early exposure victory laps and this is what i'll say i i know what's going to happen it's going to be sunday some guy who was drafted 15th round or later is going to have two touchdowns or a monster game and that one guy is going to go and post their screenshot of their exposures on Twitter. I want anyone who sees this to at me and Spags on there and say, this is the guy. Come get him. Okay. That guy is coming. And I need you guys to alert him to all of us. Are you going to do a final exposure tweet? Because I feel like that's surprisingly in vogue where I, we're getting tagged on a bunch of them. And I see other people posting them. And I feel like you have to do it now just for the cred and, and you're victory lapping the guys that you didn't even get right yet. Um, you know, I haven't thought about, I am getting very emotional about how I'm going to do this tweet. Uh, you know, the bar for creativity on these is very low. Maybe I meet that bar, maybe I clear it. Um, so yeah, we're, we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do. Um, you know, if it weren't for this brick draft caddy, you know, showing my exposures to the world, every single draft, it would have been fun to do the Liam thing where it was like, it's a black box. And now I'm going to show you that I have 38% Gabe Davis, even though you only thought I had 35%. So, you know, I don't get to have the big reveal in the way these other guys did. I got to say, I didn't get above 25% for anybody. I think maybe besides Kyle Pitts and even that's close. Um, so I, I feel like I drafted intelligently based on what I know, including this final pick here, Pete, Marcus Mariota is gone. We're playing for week 17. Desmond Ritter, my final pick at QB. Yeah, you and I did both similar things. We took a third QB kind of as a luxury guy that was a super high upside guy to give us kind of a unique stack. And it made sense because you had both London and Pitts, right? Yep, I did. Yeah, and so I did it with where it's like I don't feel comfortable with a two QB build with Kyler with Zach Wilson or Kyler Malik. I, I could have pushed it with Zach Wilson. It sounds like there's a chance he even plays this week. But I have really been enjoying. I did one last night. You can see here I did a similar thing. I did Herbert early, one of my only Herbert shares, with a Ritter in Malik Willis. Um, so I've been doing that where you get the super high upside quarterback where you already have a stack and the thesis being you get to week 16, week 17, and then it's that third under, you know, utilized kind of unique quarterback stack option that that helps propel you to the new basement. So you're saving your last two entries here. These are not going to be on stream for you. I, I wouldn't say I'm saving. I've been frantically the other day. Like I, I went into my basement. I was like, mom and dad, I got to go multi-table two BBM three drafts to keep me on pace. <laughs> so I wouldn't say I'm saving them. Um, I'll definitely do one uh, tonight, but yes, I believe this will be my last stream draft. I was looking at my schedule and I, I don't think there's going to be any more streaming. Oh, well, there you go. So make sure you're subscribed to Peach channel. Of course, go make sure you subscribe to the Splash Play channel, youtube.com slash, uh, slash C slash Splash Play Pod. That's where the streams will be coming, including tomorrow with Rin Pack. I'll find a way to get that stream out there. Pete, what are the plugs for you? You're going to go hit Fantasy Life on Sirius in about five minutes, right? 
Yep, uh, that is now Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, legitimately got some some nice comments from people uh, on the shows recently. My guy, uh, Corey, in the Discord, he said he listened to it on a, a car ride. He was in a two-hour car ride yesterday. And so, yeah, uh, host that show with Kendall Valenzuela from Fantasy Life. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a super fun show to do. It's fun to take callers. Um, we're starting to get the start-sit questions here, a few final draft questions. So, yeah, that's every day, 11 to one. And then I'm doing the randomizer draft tonight. I had to push it up because I'm leaving for Vegas tomorrow afternoon. So if you guys want to get prompts in for that, I posted a tweet yesterday. I think I pinned it. So if you want to get back at me for all of my, you know, follies hosting, my misclicks, my timeouts, now is the time. Get some creative prompts, make me do whatever you want um, in a within reason that would make good, compelling TV. And uh, I'll put it on the wheel. Mike Zakarian is going to guest host and I'm going to go through a crazy gauntlet. So I can't put on show Pete's testicles one by one or else have to draft no running backs. Depends how much of a super chat's coming along with it. <laughs> Make sure you follow up Peter Robertson. Check out the randomizer coming up tonight with Mike Zakarian, a very funny guy. Uh, check out the Splash Play channel. Go to probablyapp.com, P-R-O-B-L-Y app.com. There'll be some stuff coming out soon there, uh, but it's a wait list to get on the app that I've been working on a bunch. The best betting product you can find, the simplest and best will be the goal for that one. So please go to probablyapp.com now. And Pete and I will be back next week. So go watch the Fancy Life stuff or listen to it rather on SiriusXM. We'll see you guys again soon. Bye.